When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone welcome to a brand new Hugh spotlight and in the hot seat we have Nelson Little welcome to Hugh spotlight Nelson thank you for having me well you know what it's a pleasure and you are a guy with a big story I think the story is almost as big as the music but definitely music is really what we're, we're going to talk about tonight but let's talk to us about uh, how you've been broke into music because I've that's an interesting story. How I broke into music? Um, <laughs> hmm. I would say at the age of 11, I, I was gifted a guitar for my birthday. Had the guitar and tried a few chords, tried some lessons, didn't, didn't stay too dedicated with the lessons, but had the guitar. And then I, I knew a few notes to strum and, you know, I uh, couldn't learn any songs. So obviously, it's just like every awkward <laughs> teenager or kid that's trying to learn something. And then when I was 17, I was in a car accident. In that car accident, um, we lost a loved one. And I picked that guitar up and found something there. Um, the person we lost was little Keith Jr. And his dad owned the farm I lived on. He's my uncle. And um, I stayed there. He, he died at 17, so I had to finish high school. And he played country music and played guitar so with the little bit of lessons I had and the struggles I was going through, mm -hmm. something just came natural and I'm not even sure. I think talent shows and just like uh, fire pits and kitchen <laughs> tables is where I <laughs> really, really uh, started my career off. <laughs> oh, that's amazing yeah. and that must be like tragic too when you have to go and through something like that, losing a loved one so early in life and I guess there is the magic too of a certain festival Dauphin Country Fest mm -hmm. that was important to yeah you know so that, that's the exact same time so the people we were going to school with um, they were affected too. our classmates everyone in the school it's not just these are small towns Ethelbert Manitoba is where we graduated and our families from Winnipeg Osis Manitoba we went to both schools but we graduated in Ethelbert and so we were all shook by little Keith's uh, death. And I think it was being with those, uh, like my classmates and Askwana Country Fest, you know, there was, there was light at the end of some of those dark tunnels. And um, 
I, I never played as a professional at Country Fest in, in those first 10 years. I went every year, but I got to know a lot of people. I got to know the, the stage guys, you know, everyone that was working, uh, what it took to put that festival, and I got to really know everybody. Mm -hmm. So, and then it was back to the fire pits with the guitar or <laughs> backstage at Country Fest. I was singing, yes. I, I sang to George Canyon there. Whoa. Yeah, one-on-one, -on -one, little intimate <laughs> moment. Uh, but you just, you know, be friendly. I had the tragedy. I was really hiding the emotions, but I also had the country music to, you know, help help with those moments. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, but it was great, great, great 10 years there. Oh, my goodness. And storytelling, it is so important. And it's a big, I guess, proponent of country music, too, as well. When you are writing, what strikes you first? Memories? Or is it something someone says? Or a situation that you found yourself all in? All of the above. This far into the game, it's all of the above. I've learned now, um, we talked about putting baits on hooks and putting your hooks in the water. Mm -hmm. You feel that nibble, that bite, that, that's like a song coming. Are you going to get it? How good is it going to be? Is it a big one? Is it my favorite kind? Is it, you know? <laughs> it's almost like giving birth. It's the same excitement. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? What kind of character is it going to have? But the emotion is what strikes first. It's the mm -hmm. thought. So, so sometimes, like this last song, High Road, was a very serious situation, but um, I didn't want to put any sadness or grief to any more of it. So mm -hmm. I, I put a positive twist to that negative, you know, um, situation that was going on in our lives. And earlier on, when a good song would come, I wasn't thinking so much, like you said, what, 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 what does it take? You don't know. You just go with it. So the very first song I wrote that I thought was good was a song called Whiskey Devil. Mm -hmm. And something I like to do is take your mind here, but put the story here. You know what I mean? So when you hear Whiskey Devil, well, first of all, half the title is the devil. Whiskey <laughs> is whiskey. It could be the devil, right? Yeah. But I made the song fun. I made it um, really energetic, and, and I thought, this is the start to something I'm going to keep doing. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't write the exact same song over because it's good. Something else has got to come. Then the next one's a sad one. But yeah. you're just putting your emotions down, but you, you got to put it down in a way where you could tell the story where it's a general understanding. I think that's what music is. It's um, um, We don't all have to like this song, but mo some of us might like, like this song. And more the more you go, the more the, the people understand what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to write songs after Whiskey Devil, I really tried writing songs that were like the barbecue stain on my white t-shirt, the out at the out, out at the festivals, and uh, and I didn't want to write about the lot, the dying dog, or the you know the single man and the wife gone, or the truck broke down. I wanted to write songs about like more Whiskey Devil stuff, more what uh, uh, not not in life. Then I was trying to write like um, like raunchy. Like cheat on your boyfriend with me, or he can't buy you flowers. He just bought a brand new set of clubs, or something like that. You know what I mean? I'm trying yes. to, uh, you know, uh, and it wasn't working for me. Uh, I also wrote one called Jack and Ginger, and I'm trying to write commercialized music. I think if that's even yes. a thing, yeah. and Jack and Ginger is maybe it's just a, a drink, but it's also I wrote it in a way where it sounds like a threesome, like a Jack and Ginger and myself. But if you listen closely to the song, I'm just have I'm just enjoying a double or a triple. But I make it sound like a threesome. Yeah. But that didn't 
come out the way I wanted. The song is great. I get good, good, and I play, but I'll never record that song. No. So I started to learn something about myself. Quit trying to write something that you, you think other people are doing or that's making them successful and just stop that. And I started talking to serious songwriters and mm -hmm. about 10 years ago. And they all are cheering me on to just write about my life, write, write more, um, you know, about what's going on with you and, and uh, you don't have to write over it like this, what everyone else is doing. We like what you're doing like this. So I started writing songs about my kids, songs about like a prayer song I wrote, Keep Me Close, and a song, Nickel Mine, I wrote about my uncle. But I wanted everyone to understand the song, so I didn't want to write it, uh, you know, just no one knows Leonard Little, but they'll know Nickel Mine. Yes. But he, he left the legacy the way he left home at a young age to go up there to work and, and um, still has the same house today. He moved there in 75, wow. retired. He um, had cancer and he beat it. And then two years later after that, like our whole family thought we we're going to lose uncle. And then his wife passed away, my aunt. And then there's my uncle now. Um, still, here? still here. And kids are all grown. Grandpa now, you're retired. You know, when, uh, when you were at work, you were just at work. But now you're retired and all this life you lived. And now you're alone. I just couldn't wrap my head around that. So, again, you got to put a positive twist to, uh, you know, to, 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 it's not a sad story, but he, he, if, if, but if it's someone, reality. It's it reality. Is reality. Yeah. And I think you kind of experience so much yeah. that these are the songs that people gravitate now, especially since we're now emerging from <laughs> two years of isolation. Stuck with your own thoughts. Uh, yes, uh, being alone, yeah. and uh, you know, even to write songs where people can relate to what you're saying is so important. I want to go back to High Road because you yeah. did mention that this was a serious subject matter. Yeah. So maybe share that story because I'm sure that there's a lot of people too that can relate. Yeah, High Road is, um, so I was talking about the grant writing processes. Basically what that does is it sets your calendar year up because if you're in the business, you, you have to make plans and goals and achieve them. Mm -hmm. And I needed to write another song. And I don't want to say I wasn't ready to, but this is the, probably the first time that I was sent to my room <laughs> by producer uh, Steve and said, just go home and write a song. You got four hours. You don't got four hours, but I had a four hour window. And he's like, just write, write what's on your mind. Write whatever's on your heart right now. Just go do it. So I did. I went home, grabbed a cup of coffee, went in the room. I literally put my stuff down, guitar, my, I have a little metronome set up. And I thought, what's on my mind? And I was like, it's McLean. He is uh, grade four, French immersion, 10 years old. I was working in Ottawa at the time, back and forth. I was home quite often, once or twice a month. And I didn't want to take blame for what he was going through, what we talked about with the pandemic of what us adults are going through. He started to struggle in school, but not in um, a way where a parent would worry. He was starting to struggle. He was losing interest. He just didn't want to listen. He wanted to get up and go to the bathroom. He would just go. He didn't ask anymore. He just want to go you want to have an argument or get in a bad mood he would just walk away I guess mm -hmm. and that was the problem they were having and with the COVID protocols you can't even there's new rules we got to abide by and he wasn't having it so his grades were good he was great at home but the school is saying there's a problem and we're getting mm -hmm. phone calls every day this went on for six months 
And I finally left my job in Ottawa. It was a, a house, a big house I was renovating there. And because he can only go to school half days now, and that's as long as he was able to get through the day. And it hit me when I was sitting there thinking about what's on my mind. How do I write about that? And then I just said to myself, well, you got to do it. <laughs> it is a problem, and if you could figure out a way. And I just started strumming. So the music came first in that case. Mm -hmm. And it, it had, what I felt coming in the, in the music was um, definitely I knew I was, it, was, it was there. That, that hook was being bit, and yeah. I felt something on there. So I get up, I pace around a little bit. I got this melody stuck in my head now, and that was great. And I was like, how am I going to write this song about McLean's struggle? Like, that, that's what's on my mind. That's what I need to deal with. And um, I said to myself, it needs to be an advice song. You need to give your kids some advice. So, okay. <laughs> I'm holding my head up. I'm putting my back up against the wall, right? And I'm not going to fall. And that, that kind of what was going in my head. So... Mm -hmm. Halfway through the first verse, I realized I'm onto something. Uh, jump to the chorus now because you need a chorus, something to just fit. Right. And that wasn't coming too easy, so I went back to the storyline, and I wrote a second verse with no chorus. And I thought this is perfect. Like, uh, take the high road. Um, then I reached out to Dave Wazalu, and Stephen. Actually, Stephen first. I, I got something. Sent him a little 10-second demo of, hey, that sounds great. Why don't we send that to Dave? So we did, we sent him a little clip, a little 10, 15 seconds of this. Four days later, he sends back an audio text with um, an email, sorry, with uh, a chorus. And I'm like, you're not changing one word on there, man. This is perfect. Like, how does this guy take someone else's emotions and finish it off? Like telling the story, but that's what a great songwriter can do. He yeah. can, he can uh, remove himself or she can remove herself from whatever it is they have to, to focus on on that. on that melody and that comp or the lyrics whatever it is and yeah he blew me away so well and it's interesting because uh, I often wondered when we talk about songwriters collaborating or it's a team effort do you feel as proud of a song even though it might have had two or three other co-writers for on sure it, yeah I've as learned, opposed to I've when it's just that. all you I've learned that I've reached mm -hmm. out to Charlie Major numerous times to co-write he verbally told me he doesn't write with anybody, so I've still <laughs> asked him anyway. I asked him to, I asked him to uh, sing a verse on this song. Oh, good. Talk, talk to my manager, talk to so-and-so. I was like, I know this is a business, but just answer me back. Or, I know. But, but, you know, the song, because I'm inspired by his music, mm -hmm. um, there is some qu uh, qualities of this song that, that speak Charlie Major, I think. But that's okay. I'm okay with that because there's a lot of songs that uh, sound like someone else, especially today's music. They're great songs, but sometimes you just can't tell who's singing it. And it's like, this guy sounds like this guy, this guy, but they're great songs. So if I'm a part of that club, so be it. And if we can keep writing on based on my life and the emotions of whatever's going on and keep, keep it direct to that, like the experiences and telling the stories, that's where we want to go. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And now getting back to performing, stepping on that stage in front of a live audience, does it feel like home or does it feel a little different? There's still this much. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's not called hope. Whatever's the opposite of hope is like 
guys better not pull the plug and chase everyone home again <laughs> because that's what it feels like might happen. Oh, yeah. It's like, should I even start singing? But, but, but it's yeah. kind of, it's still there. It's still like, yeah. I guess taking it for granted, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. this was everybody. This was, uh, everybody was, you know. Affected. Affected, yeah. And uh, it, it feels great to play again, but there, there's that bit of, uh, I don't want to say it's not going to last forever, mm -hmm. but I don't want to say I'm okay if it doesn't, no. because I, I I I will pursue this till my time is up. But you're, um, it was good. So I've only done two, but I'm still <laughs> but a good. bit skeptical that 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 <laughs> we just might get another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we're all kind of living the dream, and then boom. But I mean. We've got the summer to get through, and you've got some great shows coming yeah, up, right? Yeah, yeah, July 8th, um, we're at the Portage Exhibition from Fair in Portage of Prairie, and July 9th at Mossy River Days in Winnipegosis. They um, hired Charlie Major this year, so oh, that's I get to so you get to ask him, him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll probably, yeah, he'll probably get the chance to tell me to quit bugging him. I know. Well, he might just say, okay, yeah. I am going to do this course with you on or high Or I'll road. drag him on the stage <laughs> yeah. and we'll sing in one verse so I can check that off my bucket list. Yeah, just make sure that you've got someone taping it on their phone, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, but it's that kind of persistence though that is so refreshing to hear uh, because it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and I think too that you can break down so many barriers by just being your authentic self, right? Yeah. And we're really, we're really needing that. I believe that uh, exactly is. We've all went through the same thing recently, so we all understand each other probably more now than ever. Mm -hmm. I would say, and sharing stories and you know allowing people to feel for those three minutes something that maybe they feel mm -hmm. that uh, that you know what I mean that I was able to relate with them, and you know share the song and story. The song is supposed to put you in a good mood. No, yeah. even a sad song that I write is not meant to keep us there. The yeah. music is supposed to lift you up out of that. Yeah. And that's something I've learned with my own uh, songwriting is there's a way to put music uh, to, to bring out, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? The negative or the, 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 the bad energy that caused whatever it is that you, you had to write that song about. You know, a lot of songs are written of breakup or someone mm -hmm. passing or, you know, something sad. So there's a way to take the music and, uh, uh, you know, be relative with it. So where do you see Nelson Little in five years, ten years from now? We just talked about this, and I'm going to continue songwriting and releasing uh, music. So I don't want to say I don't see myself anywhere different. Um, it's Canada, Canada's Canada. And I would love to tour Canada. I would love to tour the world. But if there's no time in my life to tour the world, I'll be fine with that. But I do want to tour Canada. I would love to tour the States. But if there's no time to tour the States or if, uh, you know, the career doesn't call for that, that's fine. But I, I want to do that. But I don't see myself from right today as songs are released. I'd like to release more, more often. Mm -hmm. But we'll just play that card as it comes. But just to songwrite and release maybe three to four a year. Yes. Eventually albums again, like I mean, I don't, I don't know yeah. what ever happened to the hard copy 
We the all vinyl, know what happened. Vinyl, vinyl, you don't, you don't Video the killed the album. radio star and the internet <laughs> killed everybody. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you are going to stick around and you are going to play High Road for us, so I'm really interested in that and you can give a little bit more background on that as well. But it's really been a pleasure, Nelson. Um, again, your songs are refreshing. They tell a story uh, about people and that's plain and simple who we are, our people. Yep. And we really appreciate it. So very excited to looking forward to your summer and, and live shows. But um, in the meantime, we are going to take a little bit of a break. We have an interview taped uh, with Ava Kay. She's a young singer-songwriter, full of energy and full of ideas. And uh, I have a lovely conversation. So coming up right now is Ava Kay. Hello, Ava. It is so nice to have you here on Spotlight. And, well, can I say welcome to Winnipeg virtually? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for having me. I've never been to Winnipeg. Oh, well, you have to come, please, please, because I, I uh, uh, we are dying to hear new music, great music, and just to be around people. I, yeah. Let's get to it. Like, the chance to be performing live again. How is yes. that for you? I would love to do it. Um, it's something that's missing out of the, you know, artists, you know, atmosphere and the whole full circle of what we do as musicians and songwriters. So it's definitely a piece that's missing. Um, I have a few friends who have been able to perform, so I've gone to see them. Uh, so that's been also really amazing, just even as a viewer and an audience member. But yeah, it's it's needed. <laughs> Oh, well, you know what? The world is opening up slowly, and we're back to music. But what I think twigged with me, Ava, is your story, your backstory. And, you know, in the last couple of years, yes, everything's been kind of chaotic, but women have really, I think, risen to the top as entrepreneurs, as leaders, and also in the realm of music. And... I love your story because you've always kind of gone a little outside the box too as well with your music. So let's go back to how you all began because it's an interesting story like with your brother and sort of, you know, the chance, uh, I guess, of some big rap artist producer hearing your song and things kind of exploding from there. Yeah, oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I've, I've spoken about my career a lot in this weird, uh, I always... I used to say it was like I kept starting over, but um, as I look back, it was just like a bunch of different experiences that I was like creating to lead me to where I was going to be and where I'm going. Um, so yeah, I again, like it's like such an interesting question because I, I have had to reframe it because I used to think, oh no, I'm starting over again. But um, yeah, I, I feel like I've had different lives in this industry and um, I, I started off as a singer-songwriter um, with a publishing company, they like, you know, they thought I was a decent writer and they thought, okay, let's send this girl up to Sweden to do some pop writing and stuff. So I spent a few years doing that. Um, I really like built my the songwriting muscle to like really know how to like get into a session, write a song effectively and just get them pitched out to different artists and stuff like that. Uh, during that process, like near the end of my publishing deal, I was, um, I started to be in a band with my brother. Um, as uh, you're mentioning, and we were an indie electronic uh, duo, and we somehow got our first song in a movie, mm -hmm. and that movie somehow ended up on a Lufthansa 
airplane going from the UK to Germany. And a DJ heard it. Like, he heard my voice at the end of the song. It's, like, way at the end. <laughs> and, yeah, we just started getting these messages on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram being like, hey, 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 like, who are you guys? Like, where are you from? And we were like, who's this guy messaging us? Like, we had no idea, you know? Uh, then all of a sudden we Googled him. And we're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is ATB. He's, like, a super, super famous, famous, you know, German <laughs> DJ. So um, we were so blessed like that we had the opportunity that he heard our music and then he, you know, wanted to work with us. So, um, you know, the next kind of chapter after the songwriting was being in this indie electronic band, working with ATB, going on tour with him, writing on his album. And um, yeah, you know, we were getting signed. We were doing a bunch of, you know, music deal stuff. And um, that that chapter ended up Unfortunately, we never got a chance to really release all the music because um, we disbanded. So um, after that happened, I was like scratching my head, like, what do I do now? <laughs> and um, I had success with film and TV placements. So because of like for, through my pre previous publisher and the, AT, um, the Boston Swan stuff. So from there, I decided to focus more on film and television. So that's where I'm at now. So um, right now I work, you know, working on custom music for different TV networks and different movies. And I, I'm, you know, scoring a movie. Uh, I've scored a few movies, but this will be like my first full length movie. Wow. So I'll be doing that. And um, yeah, that's where I'm at now. <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah, All that experience really brought me here. And yeah, yeah. I'm pretty thankful for it. Okay, so like normally we're talking about songs and an album, and, and yes, you have that, but doing a score for a movie must be yeah. totally different than just thinking about songs for your next album. It's very different. Um, you're, instead of f trying to figure out what you want to say as an artist, you have to figure out what the director wants to say as them being the artist and the art that they're creating. Mm -hmm. So um, it is definitely a different um, like switch in the brain in terms of how you're going to like be creative and like how you're going to express the music. Uh, but at the same time, the, the beautiful thing about it is that you could still bring your own style to it. Like you're mm -hmm. still bringing like, you know, you'll still hear like Ava in the score in, in, a, in a way, you know what I mean? So it is kind of like this nice thing to be able to do to express yourself in another way, but to be like almost like a, um, uh, not a soundtrack, but yeah, I guess it's a soundtrack to someone else's artistic, you know, vision. So yeah, it is very different. Do you find yourself sometimes just becoming a different character? Because I've heard of that too, right? A lot of artists, when they're thinking about their songs and their albums, become a different persona. Is that true? For the same time, when you're doing a score for a movie, you come be kind. You kind of become immersed, right, in the story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you get lost in the story, and you want to like follow those characters. And um, when you're scoring film, like some like some of the stuff that I, I learned, like in, when I was doing schooling for it, um, is that you do have to like you know, read those character scripts, create themes for them. Like what what do they sound like? You know, what is that character? You know, if you know if I walk into a room, what does it sound like? So it's like, um, so you do have to get into like the psychology a little bit and into the script and you do have to kind of, yeah, and the story. So there's a couple of layers where you have to immerse yourself into. So the overall story and then those individual character, um, you know, moments and stuff like that. So 
I do get immersed for sure. I just, I haven't been in a project where it's so different, you know, that it's so, it's such a obscure story where I feel like, <laughs> whoa, like I just got taken over by that movie. So I haven't quite, I feel like I haven't quite gotten there yet, but um, yeah, you definitely have to put on a different thought process and, you know, get into their lives and their world a bit more. So this is just me speaking, but like, does it put extra pressure if you know who are who the actors are in the movie <laughs> oh geez um you know what i don't know probably like if i haven't scored for any like major like a-list celebrities but um this i'm sure like lady gaga or whatever yeah, if that if that becomes yeah i <laughs> i'd probably be freaking out um absolutely but uh no, it's just like usually just pressure to deliver in general, like just mm -hmm. really making great music and, you know, delivering like the best possible work is, you know, it's it's healthy pressure. It's actually really I, I embrace it. Well, and speaking of pressure and embracing challenges, women in music, uh, I want to talk about that. You spent some time in a really interesting course, I guess, back last year. Uh, but exploring the opportunities for women, because if you kind of look at it, the industry as a whole, it's still a lot about the guys. Right, mm -hmm. Ava? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been in the industry now for about 10 years, and only now uh, am I seeing female producers and female engineers, or like, you know, the last like two, three years where um, we're being given the opportunity to do it. And not necessarily that we were never interested before, but I just feel like even as women, we weren't empowered to stand in those roles. So mm -hmm. um, like the program that I was just in, Women in the Studio, which is um, organized by um, Music Publishers of Canada, um, they the program was it was to develop your skills, but it was also to understand that like, yes, you can call yourself a producer. Yes, you can be confident in that role. You can stand up and say, I can do this. Like... You know what I mean? So it is more about like that confidence building, because I think that's where the gap is. We just with women, we're expected not to know or not to know how to do that role or uh, yeah, let, like, you know, we get passed over for the, you know, for the male. So um, it's really amazing to see. And um, yeah, it's really it's just been an amazing experience with that program and just watching like my female collaborators and colleagues you know, do their thing, rise up, uh, be more confident, um, and just fulfill their artist journey is like really a beautiful thing to watch. And you're currently in LA, so are you kind of seeing this movement now happen, like in the land of where everything happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's here too. Like I'm, I am living right now with another artist who she's producer she's producing for other artists um some of them are female and they the, those females are producing too so and yeah it's really great more and more songwriters i know they have their microphones they know how to even if they're not like fully producing they're you know the master of like their vocals at least you know so mm -hmm. there's like more uh control or like more um again empowerment over like their contribution to music because sometimes if you're just the vocalist or you're just the songwriter you know, um, you can kind of be like pushed to the side, be like, yeah, you just did that work kind of there, you know, but it's good to like harness everything you're doing and try to bring as much to the table as possible. Wow. And so now your new single, Go, and uh, creating music on your own. I think yeah. you got the best of both worlds. 
<laughs> oh, what? I'm creating music on yeah. my own too? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my new single um, is, yeah, it's, I am so happy I got to release it. I don't know if you know the little backstory on that song as well. Like it had already been released um, <laughs> with, um, with a music library and it had so many placements and that, and when people went to go Shazam it, they couldn't purchase the song. They didn't know where to find it. So I really released it for, you know, those people out there who just are a fan of the song. Um, yeah, so that's kind of why I released it. And yeah, it's been a really nice experience to finally get it out there and just, you know, well, so that people can access it. Yeah. yeah. So let's, you know, I guess go a little bit more into detail. Sync placements, I think was the term used, but this mm -hmm. is going back to all of your film composing and Yes, yeah. folks, you know, all those yeah. Hallmark <laughs> movies that you watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's the music that makes the movie. I know, I know, it is. It's those scenes, you know, the yes. little thing keeps up, and you all of a sudden you're like, why am I crying? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, yeah, that song was in a, in a Hallmark, Hallmark movie, and it was also in a major trailer for a movie called Mr. Right, Finding Mr. Right in Asia. Oh. Um, so, and then I think it had something else, but between those two things, it really kind of pivoted, um, the movement on it. And it, that song has 44,000 Shazams. Oh, that's crazy. I'm like a no, <laughs> an, an unknown artist, essentially, you know what I mean? And yeah. so I just and I only discovered that like last year and those placements happened like a few years ago. So I, as I kept seeing more things, I'm like, oh my God, I, I should make this accessible, you know? The only <laughs> yes. Thing, only place people can find it is on like YouTube where other people have made like fan videos. They've mm -hmm. somehow found the music and stripped it and uploaded it to YouTube. So, um, yeah, but it's, but, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But now, now it's official folks and you can get yeah. it on all of your favorite platforms. What's yeah. the next step for you now, Ava? Um, I'm working on a full length album. Um, so I was going to release an EP, uh, but then I was really thankful to get some funding to do a full album. So I'm going to work on that now. I, I, I've been really busy with other types of work, like writing for film and TV and like, you know, I have this upcoming score, so I'm a little stressed as to when I'm going <laughs> to get it done. I do have, I do have the EP ready. So I just need maybe about four more songs to like round it up. But, um, I think I'm going to, once I'm done the score, I'm going to really just like, uh, get into artist mode again and just, um, sit down and look at the songs I want to put out and just, yeah, work on that for Aww. a bit more. Well, we can hardly wait either, you know, a Grammy for your album or an Oscar for a movie <laughs> score or maybe both. Uh, I guess, the, you know, I'll this is crazy. <laughs> yes. Well, we're Thank so, we're so, so happy for you and uh, we can hardly wait. Uh, the movie that you're writing the score for, what is it called? It's called Hysteria. Okay. It's uh, by a award-winning filmmaker, Reem Morsi, who also directed Go. She directed the video for me. Yeah, I was like, please help me. Um, yeah, so she did that for me. And she's, uh, it's it's a drama uh, with a little bit of sci-fi future kind of um, dystopian uh, environment uh, where this family finds themselves in this very, like, dark reality. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a really cool storyline. Okay, well, we can hardly yeah. wait to see that. Yeah. And, folks, <laughs> make sure you listen to the soundtrack because Ava Kay wrote it. And it's been an honor. And I think you sent us a live performance of Go that you taped. So 
Uh, you can introduce the song, and thank you so much, Ava, for spending time with us on Hugh Spotlight. Thank you so much for having me. This was so nice, and I, I'm going to make it out to Winnipeg, and when I do, I'll, I'm going to message you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, in person. Um, uh, thank you so much for having me. My name is Ava Kay, and my latest single is called Go, and you can check out the live performance of it here. Thank you so much. You left the keys right in the door All of your shoe steps on the floor And I could still see you And I took a chance and called your name Knowing you wouldn't hear a thing You heard nothing but will you remember when it all began? And you take a few steps so you can run, but hesitating now would be wrong. So just go. Stay here and wait it out Or figure out tomorrow Right now So just go So just go So just go So just go So just go
Hi, my name's Nelson Little. I have a new song I wrote called High Road. And the song came up um, this past winter after the pandemic restrictions started to slowly lift and my son was struggling in grade four. Um, and I just had to come up with some words for him. It's an advice song. And, um, you know, into the song right, I realized it wasn't just my son struggling with some of the things that the pandemic has caused us people. So um, we just quickly um, paid attention to maybe what everyone was going through. And here's what I come up with, a song called High Road. I'm holding my head up, I'm putting the guns down. I'm holding my head up, holding it high. I'm keeping my back up, I'm keeping my back up against the wall. I'm holding my head up so I don't fall. No, it ain't too late, we ain't too far gone. Cause there's more love than hate And there's more right than wrong So won't you sit right here beside me And rest your weary head And let those sleeping dogs lie In someone else's bed Taking the high road Putting the fight down Taking the high road out of town Taking my mind off, taking my mind off the fighting side. I'm walking away, walking the line. No, it ain't too late, we ain't too far gone. Cause there's more love than hate, and there's more right than wrong. So won't you sit right here beside me and rest your weary head and let those sleeping dogs lie? In someone else's bed No, it ain't too late We ain't too far gone Cause there's more love than hate And there's more right than wrong so won't you sit right here beside me and rest your weary head and let those sleeping dogs lie in someone else's bed and let those sleeping dogs lie in someone someone else's bed taking the high road And the crowd goes wild. I know. So, Nelson, thank you so much for being here. Thanks it for was, having me, Tracy. Uh, Nelson Little, High Road. He's going to be at multiple places this summer. Go out and support local music. It is back again, better than ever. Thank you so much, Nelson. Thank you. And thank all of you for joining us on Hugh Spotlight. We'll see you again in two weeks. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside 
a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.